Sean Mize here with the Power List Building series. This is the fourth recording in the Power List Building series, and we'll go ahead and, uh, and get started. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take one question from each person that ha might have a question right now, and then we'll get started on some teaching, and then uh, come back to some questions. So let's start with Lee. Lee, do you have one question for me right now, and I'll take some more later. Sean, you put me on the spot. What did, what did I ask you on the email? Do you remember? I mean, I, <laughs> I don't I think have that was, email right in front of me. <laughs> I'm sitting in my car. I think it was basically a lot of details about this. In other words, I've been writing a lot of articles. I've got 20 or so subscribers now. You know, ju just a general feel for um, how many subscribers should I have before I start making my own product. You know, that that kind of thing, and I I believe another question I had was um, well, let's let's just take one at a time, Lee. We're going to okay. take one question right. right now, and then we can ask some other questions as we go through. So, if the first question was, you know, how many subscribers should you have before you create your own product? You know, I would say right now you you don't have too few subscribers to send out an email that says, hey, I need your help. What what's your greatest challenge in your particular niche? And if you get five people that respond back with the greatest challenge, you've got five people for whom you can create a product, and they're all positioned to purchase it from you because they okay. need it and they trust you. So right. you can, you know, the very nice thing is you can you can uh, begin immediately creating your own your own product. You don't have to have, uh, you know, some specific number right. of uh, right. of subscribers to make that happen. So. Well, thanks for asking okay. that. I'll take a few more years, and I've got your email up in front of me now, so I will okay. we'll be able to go through that. Beverly, anything for me before we get started here? Yes, I, <clears throat> I have a question actually of how, kind of like how and why is it essential to separate the ghostwriter written articles from me? In other words, having the two names, you know, my name and then my whatever you call it, the other name. Like you know, we were going to change my middle initial. Um, so I was going to have two names so I can track articles written by my ghostwriters. And I have multiple ghostwriters or articles written by me, and more of them are there. So I just, I'm just i really wanting to know how important it really is because I haven't yet separated them. Okay. Well, I'll tell you why I do it. Um, and, and I don't know that, that it's necessarily across the board important that everybody do it. I'll tell you why I do it and then you can make your own judgment call on whether or not you want to do it. And, and again, I don't think it's something that, that, you, that you have to do. The thing for me, the biggest reason why, there's a couple of different reasons why I do it. I mean, one reason is that I, I want to be able to know that if I ever do get a complaint because something that's been ghostwritten is actually plagiarized, and I get so many articles. I, you know, I, I have between 400 and 600 articles written for me every month, and you know, I, I personally don't check every single one of those articles and every sentence in every article and make sure that it's not plagiarized. We do a lot of random spot checking, and we've got a lot of software that, that that's filter that it goes through. And so we make the reasonable assumption that there's no plagiarism going on. But if for any reason we might have a problem in the future, it's very easy to, to, to say, okay, that came from a ghostwritten article. It certainly wasn't something that I wrote. You know, now let's look at when it was was uh, it, you know published, and then let's go find the original document where we paid for it, where we purchased it, and, and we've got somewhere to go. 
The the second reason that I separated is because I had a sneaking suspicion that because the style of the writer is going to be slightly different and, and really the makeup of the article is going to be a little bit different if somebody else writes it versus me writing it, even if the information is the same. And I wanted to be able to specifically track the dollars per article that I generate in terms of revenue and separate that between from my articles versus their articles. And, of course, I've taken it to the next level, and I actually have done uh, – I did about a 60-day uh, day tracking session with probably uh, 1,400, maybe 1,600 articles where we actually tracked every single category. And so now, uh, you know, I have conversion rate numbers for every single category out there. And, and I, I, there's definitely a different response rate with the articles that are ghostwritten versus my articles. And if it was all clumped in there together, I wouldn't know what that difference was. And it may not necessarily be important to you to know that difference. It's extremely important to me uh, because, you know, if I spend $5 on an article, you know, it has got to return more than that for me. And in most cases, it should return at least four to five times that. And But the problem is if I lump it all together, uh, and I've got some articles that are performing less than that, some that are averaging where I need them to be, and then some that are doing really, really well, I need to know, I personally need to know exactly where those are so I can cut out the problem articles for the future um, and so that the ones that are doing really, really well, I can duplicate whatever that success level is. Mm. Does that, mm-hmm. does, does, I don't know how much of that is going to apply to you. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that long run you're going to want to have some level of separation. So you'll be able to say this set of 100 articles generated me $1,000. This other set of articles only generated me $100. And this other set of articles has generated me $10,000. And then you can duplicate what you've already done rather than lumping it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, found, <clears throat> I have 20 articles up right now in one of my niches, just one niche only. And there's a huge range of the click-throughs, is what I find, of oh, differences. Yeah, the percentage of click-through is really different. Some of them have practically nothing. One of them is a techniques thing, has practically no click-through. But it makes sense to me, because I know why. But um, it's really interesting. Yeah, but that's article by article, not who did the article. Yes, that's article by article. I mean, I'm separating it, and I'm only separating it into ghostwriters. I'm not separating into who wrote those specific ghostwritten articles. And if I were to separate it by ghostwriters, then I would notice a different, you know, I would would come up with some writers that give me higher returns than others. You know, at this point, you know, I've gone through like 45 or 50 writers, and I've, I've actually got a couple of writers that I'm very, very happy with. So, you know, almost all the articles that go in there now are under, you know, are their articles, and so there's not going to be a lot of variation there. Mm-hmm. And so I think for my purposes, that just having the two accounts works for me. But you, you know, did find another... that in general yours actually do better than theirs in general? Is that what you were saying? Well, Beverly, I've got two issues going on, and there's some um, – there's – there's some interactivity between them. The one thing that I know for sure is that my articles generate about twice the revenue of the average article that's written by a ghostwriter. However, um, in my testing of my article topics, I've got some article topics that do a lot better. Um, and even in the ghostwriting arena, 
that outperform my own articles by another two times. Okay, and the thing is that the bulk of my articles are in those categories, whereas the ghostwritten articles are spread out over a wide range of categories. Oh, so okay, if we were to actually it. go in and and test for that difference, then we may not find that there's a big difference at all. We may find that the categories explains all of the difference. Okay, got yeah, it. So, yeah, but I, I definitely believe if you if you take a look at if you if you take a look at one of my articles and then you look at a ghostwritten article, there's a definitely a difference in style. And I think that you're, what you probably find with my ghostwritten articles, and I haven't tested this, but and the the data's there. I mean, you could go through it. I could go through it. The ghostwritten articles are probably going to have more consistent clicks because they follow the exact formula that I teach. Okay, so the clicks mm. may not be quite as high on average, but but but. Uh, on, on some articles, they may not be as high, and then on some articles, they may not be as low. But the click-throughs are going to be relatively consistent because of the article formula. Whereas with my articles, they're not going to be because, you know, sometimes I create 15 articles by doing a transcription uh-huh. of something like this call, and I come right. up with 15 articles and literally just break it into 300, 400-word segments. So the style is going to be different. In, in my personally written article, it's going to contain a lot deeper level of information, but it's also going to be broken up a lot more. It's not going to follow the formula. And so what's going to happen is some articles are going to do very, very, very well. Others are going to be absolute duds. And that's Got going to be it. another big difference. But, again, I'm more interested in the averages. With 7,000-plus articles with my name on them, I'm more interested in the averages than I am at looking at any one article that has 3,500 views or any one article that only has 10 views. Got it. Okay, thank you. Okay, oh, you're welcome. Any other questions from anybody besides Lee and Beverly right now on uh, anything in list building or traffic generation for list building? Okay, great. I will go ahead and and get started with the core material for today. And uh, the the whole idea, and of course, the, the very first two calls that we had, we talked about really an overview from beginning to end. And in the last call, we've talked about traffic, and and most of that was article marketing. I'm I'm, I'm very big believer in article marketing, um, simply because of the the quality of traffic that's generated. Of course, there's other sources of traffic that you can use. You can use joint venture traffic. You can use affiliate marketing traffic. You can use pay per click traffic, and all of those sources are fine sorts of traffic. Uh, pay-per-click can tend to be a little bit expensive to do the necessary testing and tweaking. Once you get it going, it can be very profitable, but it can cost you, you know, several thousand dollars to do the necessary testing and tweaking right up front to make it happen, and that's before you sell anything. Um, and then with the joint ventures and affiliate marketing and that kind of thing, you know, really the last thing you want to do if, you're, if, you, if you choose to use affiliate marketing as your traffic source Really, you're forced to create a product before you know what people want, and then you create this product, and you're forcing your affiliates to do the testing for you. And honestly, if they don't get decent conversion rates, you know they'll they'll never use you again. And so, to start out with affiliates rather than waiting until you have nice conversion rates is almost like suicide, uh, because you'll get people that just will never promote you again because you know they mailed to their list and they didn't make any money. And then the same thing for joint venture partners. It's very difficult to get email joint venture partners if you don't have something to swap, you know, if you don't have a 1,000 subscribers already. The really nice thing about article marketing is you can literally 
do it from the very first day. I mean, you could literally get off of this phone call today, write 10 articles, submit them to Ezine articles, and in a week, they would be generating traffic for you and subscribers. And it's something you don't depend on anybody else to, to make that happen. Now, moving on, the way that we take the, that traffic and convert it into an asset for us is by using a squeeze page. And you know, we've talked a little bit about the squeeze page, but I want to kind of review why we want to use the squeeze page. And, of course, the squeeze page, as by definition, is a web page that has its only function, the opting in of subscribers. So it doesn't have any other outbound links on it. And just to review why we don't want any other outbound links on it, let's just assume we'll take an aggressive number here. We'll take, uh, we'll take 50% simply because it's going to be easy to chop up. Okay, so we've got 50%. Let's just assume that 50% of the people that come to one of your web pages is willing to take some type of an action. Now, they're only willing to take, let's assume they're only willing to take one action. Now, some people will take more than one action. However, obviously, if it's a squeeze page, they're going to be forced to only take one action. So if 50% of the people that come to your website are willing to take some type of an action, then if you have a squeeze page and the only action possible is to give you their name and email address so that you can send them a free guide uh, to something that is, is painful to them, uh, then you will get 50% opt-in rate to your, your squeeze page. So, for example, if you have 100 visitors today and your opt-in page is 50%, you 50% of the people that come to that page you know, want more information, then you're going to have a 50% conversion rate. Now, if you add one more link to your page, just, just one more, so we're not talking about some regular web page here, we're talking about just adding one more link to your web page. If you add one more link, then now we've got two links spread out by, you know, among 50% of the people that come to your website want to take action. Then what you're going to have is 25% of the people are going to hit on the one link, and 25% are going to give you their name and email address. Now, obviously, this is some type of an average. If you have a link that's real tiny and nobody can see it somewhere, then then you might have 3% take that action and 47% take the name and email address action here. Okay, but let's just assume that both of these links, you know, are evenly spaced. And you're going to get half the traffic will go to each of those links. Well, let's take this to the next level and assume that you have a typical web page that has 10 opportunities for people to take action. Nine of them are, are not uh, asking for their name and email address and one is. Well, if you take that 50% and you divide it by 10, you're going to find that each one of those will get approximately 5% of the action on that page. And, of course, your name and email address box is going to get a 5% click-through rate. And so, you know, if, if you'll go with just one opportunity for people to take action on a page, then you'll get the highest number of people that are willing to take any kind of action that will give you their name and email address. And, of course, you know, we, go, we can go round and round about the idea of, you know, do we want to go for that sale right now or do we want to go for the, the list member forever and ever? And what I find is that if I run my traffic, and, and my traffic may not be the same as your traffic. Your traffic may convert better than mine. Your traffic may convert worse than mine. Okay, but if we look at my traffic as an example, okay, and, and I drive over 20,000 visitors a month, so I've got something solid to work with here. If I just drive people traffic, my traffic to a sales page, then my sales conversion rate is around 1%. Okay, now this is considered a pretty average conversion rate, you know, across the web. 
There's conversion rates out there that are higher. I've got sales pages that convert it higher than that, and I've got sales pages that convert it lower than that. Let's just assume that my average across the board is about 1%. Now, for people who join my list, my average conversion rate is around 7%. Approximately 7% of the people who ever join my list eventually purchase from me. So what this means is that a list buyer, a list member of mine is seven times more likely to purchase from me. Now what this also means is that by using a list building model, I have an opportunity to generate seven times the total revenue by using a squeeze page, not giving people the opportunity to purchase from me first, and giving them the opportunity to become a list subscriber of mine so that they can build, I can build a relationship with them. And, of course, the relationship is, is, is incredibly important. You know, when somebody comes to your website for the very, very first time, you know, it, it is going to be much more difficult for them to hand you $100 or $500 for your Keystone product as it will be if they've had an opportunity to hang out on your list for two months, uh, have a telephone call or two with you on one of your telecalls, uh, ask you a question or two via email, and you answer them promptly, then their their disposition, their trust level to purchasing from you is going to go up tremendously, and, and hence the difference between 7% and, and 1%. And one of the questions I get regarding this is, well, you know, my industry doesn't really, you know, doesn't really use squeeze pages, you know, or my product doesn't really lend itself well to squeeze pages. Well, my question to you would be, if you happen to be in one of these industries where you, for some reason, don't believe a squeeze page might work, I'd ask you about your sales conversion rate. And if you're not happy with your sales conversion rate, if you believe that the people that are visiting your website should be purchasing at a higher level, okay, then you probably need a squeeze page, even if nobody else in your industry is doing it. Now, the reason for this is that you're obviously not getting the conversions that you believe that you should be in your, on your particular website. And one of the biggest reasons for this is a lack of trust. And especially if you're starting out and you have no name recognition and no name credibility, you have to build that trust up. And so no matter what your product is, you can create an ebook, just a short ebook, a free, short giveaway ebook that basically is the five steps to of whatever it is in your niche, or the five things you need absolutely need to know before you buy blank, 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 whatever it is that your industry represents. Okay, and what this ebook will do is give people the opportunity, A, to give you their name and email address, and B, for them to read that ebook and find out the things that they absolutely need to know before they purchase your product from you or from anybody else. Now obviously once they've read that ebook, if you've done a good job with it, then you increase the likelihood that they will purchase this product from you rather than from anybody else. Uh, any questions on anything I've just gone over? Okay, any, any questions on anything, else, anything I've just gone over? Alrighty. Any questions on anything else? Do, I, do we want to take any uh, any other uh, kind of general questions on list building or article marketing? I, I know a couple of you still had some more questions. Any questions at this time? Okay. Let's see who's on the call. I want to make sure I'm not talking to myself here. Hi, I'm Sean. Here. I'm here. This is Lee. Hello, Lee. Beverly. 
All righty, Beverly. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm not talking to myself here. I okay, if there aren't any other questions, why don't we do this? Why don't, why don't we take another question from Lee? I've got your email up here, Lee. Let's see here. Um, let's see. Can you grow the list faster? One, one of the big keys, Lee, what is your, your conversion rate on your squeeze page right now? It's about 18%. 18%, okay. And um, what, what's, what all's on your squeeze page besides the, the, the box for people to give you their name and email address? Well, actually, Sean, I modeled this after one of your squeeze pages. Okay, so, uh, I'm so not, that, I'm, tell me what's on your squeeze page then. Uh, basically, I'm not looking at it, I'm in my car, but basically you've got a, you know, um, the secrets of, then a title, and then about five bullet points uh, telling people why they need, um, you know, to give me their email address to get this uh, ebook. And what mm-hmm. my ebook does is it takes a, um, it, it walks you through taking a ClickBank product and um, using a Web 2.0 platform and actually, you know, creating a website and getting, you know, writing some content, getting the product up there. And the website's still there. In other words, people can reference the website in real time. Um, so so it, 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 okay. it's kind of like baby steps okay, to so, the Internet marketing. Okay, so, so is there, are there any links on the website, on that squeeze page, any links at all on that squeeze page? Oh, no, no. It's just got the, um, okay. you know, the form that you do with AWeber's, um, put in your first name, put in your email address, and that's it. Okay, and then everything that you just told me about how wonderful this product is that you're giving away for free, you've mentioned all of that on that squeeze page. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's okay. very that's very Alrighty. clearly stepped and out of the And it's very clear page. that this is a free ebook that you're giving away. Uh, yes. Okay. All righty. Very very good. Now, how much traffic have you sent to that website, that web page so far? Oh, I think we're probably looking at, uh, let's see, I got 25 subscribers times um, right at 20%, so I think we're probably looking at, what, about 500 people? Uh, 500 visits, rather? So probably I think that would between... be about 125 visitors. Oh, oh okay, well. Yeah, 125 visitors times 20% would give you yeah, yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah. Now, where are those visitors coming from, Lee? They're coming from articles that I've written on uh, easing articles. Okay, great. And then what bio are you using on your uh, your Ezine Articles bio right now? Okay, there I uh I did exactly what you said to do. I've got a what essentially is that, Lee? A, <laughs> I've got essentially a two-line bio. The first line is essentially an um continuation of the article. It says something like um uh to learn more about how to uh create a website and blah blah blah. You know, click here, some, something on that order, then I skip a line, and then I have just a very, very brief thing about me. Okay, great. Here's what I'd like you to do, Lee. I'd like you to change that bio, and uh, yeah. instead of having it uh, ask for, you know, allow you to go for more information or something like that, I wanted to ask the question, do you want to learn more about XYZ? Okay. okay. And then I want you to, after that, in this is in, in affirmative language, okay, download my free ebook and then the link. Okay. To the squeeze page. Do that. Okay. So that will that will tweak your squeeze page conversion rate some because what'll happen is people will already be primed for that when they get there. 
Okay, now, right. how can you grow that list faster? You can submit more articles. How many articles do you currently have submitted to Ezine articles right now? Uh, let's see. I would have 45 plus I've got about 25 in queue. Okay, great. I would continue to add articles to that queue, okay? Yeah, I've got about 7,000 articles, add about 600 every single month, and, of course, that's what fuels those subscribers, okay? So right. you're going to want to continue to, to add, subscribe, add uh, articles to that queue, and as you do, you will continue to generate uh, more traffic and then more subscribers. Okay. Okay, let's move on to, to uh, the you, core Sean. material for today, how to create a squeeze page. Um, there's a few things that are, that are incredibly important about the squeeze page, and again, we're looking at we want people to take exactly one action when they come to that squeeze page. So we don't want anything on that squeeze page that is going to detract from that one action that we want people to take. So the squeeze page is almost going to be set up as a sales page. So the, the squeeze page has one desire, and that is to sell the idea of this particular free ebook. Okay, so we're going to sell the idea of this particular free ebook. So we're going to use a sales style headline. Okay, so we're going to use a headline that grabs people's attention. Okay, now this headline can be along the lines of discover the secret to, okay, or it can even be a how to headline, you know, how to, and then something that is, that is going to be powerful in that ebook that you're giving away. Okay, we could also have discover the five things or the seven things that you absolutely must know before you make a purchase, okay? Or you're, you're flushing your money down the drain. We could have something along the lines of, you know, the five things that, that you absolutely should never do in whatever your niche is or you're endangering yourself. Um, you, could, you could use a classic, which is who else wants to, and then whatever it is in, in, in your particular niche. So, who, you know, who else wants to grow, blah, 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 or whoever, who else wants to increase, blah, 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 or, you know, who, who else wants to do something that's in your particular niche. We want to definitely use a sales-style headline. The next thing that we want to do is have a very short paragraph, maybe 50, cent, 50 words, very short paragraph, um, that kind of explains what goes on in that headline. Okay, so so it, it summarizes the idea that, that's happening in that particular headline. Then we're going to have five bullet points that people are going to get by downloading your particular product. So whatever it is that that uh, they're going to learn from your free ebook, you're going to put one of each of those ideas in those bullets. Now these bullets should be uh, benefit oriented and not feature oriented. And uh, the biggest difference between a feature and a benefit is a feature tells us something about the ebook itself and what it's going to teach. A benefit tells the uh, the person that is reading your squeeze page what your ebook is going to do for them. And let's go ahead and open up the call right now, and and we'll we'll just do a little bit of uh, well, maybe we'll call it role play here. And uh, let's do it for anybody that's on the phone that wants to right now. Let's look at some of the features of your particular product and what the corresponding benefit might be. And then keep in mind, you're only going to want to put benefits in these bullets. So let's take Beverly first. Um, what are a couple of the features that you have on your free giveaway product on your squeeze page, Beverly? Features? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. It describes the technique. Um, 
that is helpful to them that is an, um, this is sort of like a generic i'm not i don't have bullets in my head right this second um, um but it describes a technique that makes it easy for them to declutter whether or not they feel like decluttering um that's kind of the main thing and, and it's good for people with ADD um or uh illnesses or you know or any something like that so i guess those are kind of some bullets sort of Okay. Well, that's fine. We don't need five. We just want to really have just want to have a couple examples here on the phone, and I'll I'll take Lee and probably Randy and, and maybe a couple others. But what would be the corresponding benefit to this particular feature? Um, the benefit make it, to the reader. Okay, make it easy to declutter. Is that that's a benefit, right? Make it easier to get started and easier to do it. Okay. Okay, what's the end result? If it's easier for someone to declutter, what's the result in that person's life? They have less clutter in their home. Okay, they have less clutter in their home. Okay, so I would think that, that and, and the, the closer we get to the person's results and to the person's pain, then the higher our conversion rates are going to be. Okay, oh, so okay. Although, and, and we could almost take this to kind of a, a deeper level. We could say that the feature is the technique, okay? And then the primary, the, the, the initial benefit might be that it's easier to declutter your life, but the genuine benefit, the one that we really want to focus on, is the fact that their life is going to be decluttered and what it's going to feel like to have that decluttering going on in their life. Right, right. Okay? The feelings will be better. Yes, yes, ab- absolutely. So, you know, this 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 uh this bullet point, you know, maybe one of one of our bullet points might be one of those features, okay, that we have these techniques. Another bullet point might be that it makes it easy for you to de- de- you know, it's quick and easy method for you to declutter. But the result, the thing that we might want to put in there, the actual result, okay, is going to be the Imagine, we might even be able to use the language, imagine how it will feel to be 100% decluttered. And I would even use that as one of the benefits. Imagine how it might feel to be 100% decluttered in your life and have more time available for the things that are dear to you. How would that feel? I might leave the how would that feel out. But I I really want to create this, this feeling because mm-hmm. people respond based on their feelings, okay? They mm-hmm. obviously have to take action based on logic, okay? Because the, uh, the, you're going to give them some logical things that they can do that are going to clean up their life. But these feelings are going to be why people are going to take action right now and download this so that they can gain a piece of that feeling. And your methods are only as good for them as they're going to make them feel better. Got it. Okay. They're going to feel better once they're decluttered, and so that's where we really want to focus on, is the feelings that they are going to experience once they're decluttered. Okay. Now, let's take, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just, um, the the decluttering for a lot of people will take a long time, like even years, even if they only use this one method, but they could use this method only, and it would still work. I mean, they don't have to have another technique. It doesn't mean that they have to use only this one. But do we still go with 
imagine how it would feel to be 100% decluttered, and then I could address that a little bit in the ebook. I could ch- add something in there. Does that make sense or not? Well, yeah, but what's the result if someone just uses your ebook and doesn't use anything else? What's going to be the result in their life if they get as much decluttered as they can with the technique that they're going to get from your free ebook? What's yeah, the well, result in that person's life? Yeah, no, I mean, it actually could result in them totally decluttering. That is possible. All I'm just bringing up is that over a period of a long period of time. Okay, so let's let's think about immediate results. So if someone uses your technique and, you know, immediately, let's say within seven days, okay. what kind of result are they going to have in their life? The biggest thing is declutterers tend to, to be feel frozen and like they can't do anything and feel very depressed and very embarrassed. So they feel like they can't do anything. There's no hope. So uh, giving of hope is a big one, even in the beginning. Uh, and just feeling like they can do something. I mean, and that's not a feeling, but I mean, um, when someone feels like they can't do anything, that level of depression, it gets them out of that. Does that okay, make that so enough we can information? That, yeah, we can put that in as a result. Okay? So the result would be this that that particular feeling that they're going to be relieved of so that they no, no, no longer feel depressed. Oh. That's going to be one of the results. Okay. Okay. So learn to relieve the feeling of being overwhelmed. Okay. Okay, or some of the other adjectives that you've just used. That's so great. Discover, discover the ease of blah, blah, blah. Okay, and this would be one of the results that you're talking about. Discover the ease of. Imagine your life without the stress of, and then one of the things that you just mentioned. Great. Okay, thank you. Okay. Okay, let's take Lee. Give me give me a couple of features that happen in your ebook giveaway. And let's come up with some benefits. Let's come up with some benefits to the to the person that downloads your ebook. Right, Lee, are you with me? Okay, I think we've lost Lee. Anybody else? Does Randy want to go? Anybody else? You want to look at the benefits that we want to put on that squeeze page? We'll take some real live features here and turn those into benefits. Okay, if nobody else wants to go, let's move on. The third, the fourth thing that we want to have in our squeeze page is a call to action. Okay, and I like to be very, very direct here and uh, basically tell people to go ahead and download this. You know, give me your, you know, put your name and email address below so I can send you the free ebook or the free piece of software or the free guide or the five secrets or whatever it is. So I, I tell people exactly what to do. That, that's just my style. You know, I, I don't beat around the bush, and I, I don't say, well, maybe you'd like to press here. You know, my feeling is if they read all the way through my squeeze page, then they do want to take action. And if they didn't want to take action, they shouldn't have read through my, my squeeze page. That, that's just my attitude. If they got past the second bullet and realized that I couldn't help them, then they should have backed away from the squeeze page. They should have hit the back button. Okay? So if someone actually gets to my call to action, then my natural assumption is that they need to take action. 
They want to take action, and so I just tell them to go ahead and download it. The next thing that's critical is that you test absolutely everything that, that you do. And there's several different things that you can test. You can test your headline. You'll, you may find that one headline will give you an 18% conversion rate. Another headline will give you a 25% conversion rate. And another headline will give you a 35% conversion rate. You may find that depending on what bullets you use, you'll get a 10%, a 20%, or a 50% conversion rate. The, the language that you use to have people come to a call to action okay, may also give you a change in your conversion rate. Um, I tell you, if you're just starting out with your tracking, um, I, I would recommend that you use uh, Google's website optimizer. Okay, and what that basically does is it gives you code. It allows you to go in and create two, three, four different headlines, two, three, four different first paragraphs, two, three, four different options for each one of your bullets, and then it dynamically, every single time someone goes to your website, it rotates it through the different headlines. Okay, and after you've sent, say, let's just say you tested five different headlines, okay, and you sent a 1,000 visitors to that particular page, then what you find is that, you know, let's just say, and we'll just use Lee's example, out of a 1,000 visitors, Lee gets 180 subscribers. Now, my guess would be if Lee were to test five different headlines, he would find that 50 of his subscribers were coming from one of the headlines, 25 were coming from another of the headlines, you know, another 25 might be coming from another headline, and what does that leave us? That's 150, so 30. So 15% are coming from each of the last headlines that he has. Okay, and, and, and Lee, if you use something like the website optimizer that Google offers or any other type of, of split testing, then you'll find that some headlines outperform others, and then once you find out what that headline is, you can roll with just using that headline in the future. Same thing with bullets. You may find that one set of bullets, and you can test those bullets one at a time, or you can test the entire set of bullets, but you will find that some sets of bullets will outperform other sets of bullets. Uh, same thing with the call to action. If you use certain language on your call to action, you'll get a higher response rate than if you use a different one. And so if what you do, if, you, if over time you split test the headlines, you split test the bullets, you split test the call to action, over time you'll find the headline that converts best, the Bennett bullets that convert best, the call to action that convert best. And then when you use all of those together, what you should have is a squeeze page that converts at a much higher rate than any squeeze page that you came up with at the very beginning. And uh, the only reason I recommend that, that uh, website optimizer is it's, it's really simple to use. It doesn't cost you anything to set up. It's very, very simple to use. And you're easily able to go in there after a few hundred clicks and see exactly which headline is outperforming the other headlines, which bullets are outperforming the other bullets. Um, any, any questions now on, on, on this topic, on creating this squeeze page, on and any of these five, uh, uh, four parts to creating a squeeze page? Okay, any, any other questions for me before we move on? Okay, um, let's see here. We've got traffic. Let, let, let's just do a quick roll call. Who's still on the call? Who's on the call right now? Hello? Hello? Who, who's, who's this? Yeah, this is Vic. Is it Vic? Yeah, it's, it's Vic. It's V-I-K um, from Atlanta. Vic from Atlanta. Good to have you on the call. All righty. Beverly, are you still with me? 
All righty. Did we lose Lee? All right. I know some of you are, have have already purchased the recordings to this, so you're you're uh, you're, you're going to be listening to this at home. It, Lee, do you have or Vic? Do you have any questions for me at this time? Anything that I've said that you might have a question for me? I can answer for you right here live on the call. No, so far no. Okay. All righty. Good deal. Let me move move on then. One of the things I've got here in my notes for this lesson is the idea of traffic, and. You know, the thing is that no matter what type of software you use to test the conversion rate on a page, whether it's based on the headline or the paragraph or the bullets or the call to action or anything like that, you absolutely have to drive traffic to that page. You know, you, you're not going to get the same kind of results from 100 visitors as you get from 1,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000 visitors. And so one of the most important things that you can do once you create that squeeze page is to drive visitors to it. And uh, you absolutely have to have that traffic. Now, what I recommend and what I've done from the very beginning is I test each and every source of traffic. Now, the way I personally do this is I create, I use AWeber, obviously, for my autoresponder. And what I do with AWeber is I use, they have a testing system that's set up and they call it a web form. Basically, what you can do is create a different web form for each one of your traffic sources. Okay, and send all of put put that different web form on a different web page, and then send all of your traffic. Say, let's say all of your article marketing traffic would go to one web form. All of your pay per click traffic might go to another web form. Um, all of your joint venture traffic might go to another web form. And then what what this will allow you to do is see the conversion rates of each one of those traffic sources and AWeber will actually do all of that tracking for you. Now, if, if, if you take tracking to the level that I do, I actually create a different web form for every one of my joint venture partners. So anybody that I do a joint venture with, I create a special form just for them. Uh, same thing with my article marketing. I create various web forms. I don't send all of my articles to one web form. I create a, a, a large number of, of web forms, and that way I can look at the the percentage of traffic that I get based on the category that my article is written about or based on the niche or the exact sub-niche that my article is written about. Same thing with pay-per-click. I have a different uh, web form for each one of the different pay-per-click ad uh, campaigns that I run. So each one of my ad groups in pay-per-click, each one of those goes to a different web form in AWeber. And, of course, I use that in conjunction with the Google Website Optimizer. So it allows me to to test the different sources. Now, you can do the same thing with the Website Optimizer. You can literally have a different uh, sales page or a different different squeeze page for each one of your traffic sources and then run that through Website Optimizer also. Uh, But I find that using AWeber, their web form system, uh, really gives me a lot of control uh, over looking at, especially on the squeeze page, uh, where that traffic is is coming from. And then, obviously, you can integrate the website optimizer with that. Um, Lee, or, Lee, are you still on the call here? Okay. I've got a question. I know I've already answered a couple of your questions. I know you'll be listening to this as is recorded. One of the questions that you asked here is how do you ask the list for help? I'm going to go ahead and give you word for word the exact wording that you can use to ask your list for help. It's exactly the same wording that I do. For my subject line, for my subject line, basically what I'll have is 
first name, I need your help. Okay, this particular subject line has a pretty high open rate, and, of course, that's one of the reasons that I really like it. And then it's, it's very strongly tied to the email. Then the email is going to be, dear first name, I need your help. Okay, now, in your case, Lee, and, and in my case, I'm normally creating a new product. I create about a product every single month. I need your help. I'm in the process of creating a new product about whatever the niche is. What is your greatest challenge in your particular niche? Just hit reply to give me your answer. Thanks in advance and your name. Now, the, the greatest challenge, what is your greatest challenge, is probably the most important part of, of this particular uh, question. Um, because the, the thing with the greatest challenge is someone's greatest challenge reveals what their pain is. It, it reveals what is standing in their way of success. It reveals what is holding them back from achieving whatever it is that they want to achieve. And people purchase products from you. They will purchase products from you to help them fix whatever is their pain, whatever is standing in the way, whatever is creating a problem for them, okay, whatever is holding them back. That is why people purchase. And so by asking what our greatest challenge is, we're actually going to find out why people are going to be willing to purchase from us. Um, I've had people in the past that have asked the question, you know, what, what do you want to buy? You know, or what type of product are you looking to buy? Okay, well, what happens is they get very inaccurate information because what people will tell you they're looking to buy is usually something that makes them feel good, whereas what they're actually willing to buy is something that will take their pain away. And so if you ask feel-good questions like, what do you want to buy? What do you want to create so what do you want me to create so you can buy from me? It's going to create happy, feel-good uh, responses. But when you create a product that meets those feel-good responses, people aren't going to buy it from you. People are going to buy when you're able to relieve their pain, and you're able to find out what their pain is by asking the question, what is your greatest challenge? Okay, or what is standing in the way of your success with your particular niche? Or what is holding you back? Okay, that's all language that will help you determine what that pain is. And people buy to relieve their pain, not to meet some type of a dream that they have for the future. Any questions on that concept right there? Okay. Are there any other questions for me before we call this recording a wrap? Okay, great. If there aren't any other questions, we'll go ahead and call this a wrap. And, uh, again, we did a discussion of squeeze pages at the very beginning. We've done gone step-by-step step how to create a squeeze page today. And uh, I've at, asked to answer a few questions. And, of course, the last one being really one of the most important, and that is addressing this issue of how do we get – how do we really find out what people need, what they're really willing to buy? Because people are going to buy products that help them help them meet their needs. Uh, they're not going to buy products necessarily that just make them feel good. They're going to buy products that help them meet needs. So are there, if there are any, any last-minute questions before we call this a wrap. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sean, I, I got a question. What, what software do you use who, to create squeeze pages? Who, who is this? This is Vic. Vic. Uh, I, uh, it's called Niche Builder, okay. and you can actually Google, you should be able to, and I'll try this right now, 
me just go ahead and try this and, and make sure that it works. But I believe, I'm just going to try Googling it just so we know that it'll work. I believe you can actually Google, uh, you should be able to Google Niche Builder. And, uh, well, not exactly how sure. I tell you what, go ahead and if you want, I, I will go ahead and send you a, uh, some software. Just go ahead and shoot me an email to Sean at secretsofiam.com. Shoot me an email and I will send you out some software you can use to create your, your squeeze page. How does that sound, Vic? Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, no problem at all. Just shoot me out an email, and I will send you some software that you can use. Alrighty. Any any other questions for me today? No, Sean. Thank you. This is Beverly, and I'm just looking at the Google website optimizer because I haven't used that before. So I will look at that. But I just see that I can okay. easily Google that. All right. Thank Pardon? you. Thank you very much. I learned a lot. Okay. Well, good deal. That's. I hope that. I mean, that's that's my whole idea every time I do one of these calls is that no matter how long somebody's been working with me, hopefully I can, you know, sometimes it really has a lot to do with the questions that, that people ask. You know, I, I live, eat, and breathe this stuff. And, and sometimes when I'm trying to put together a step-by-step plan for something, you know, it's so easy to just miss something that, for me, because I do it all the time, it you know, it's just, you know, it's just second nature, and sometimes it's easy to skip that. And so that's why these questions are just so good, because they really help me drill into exactly why something works. Uh, but, yeah, going back to that website optimizer, start out with something really, really simple. Don't try to test too much. Your very first time you use it, just test two headlines. Create two headlines, and that's the only thing you test, and that way you'll get results really fast, and you'll be able to see exactly how it works. You'll be able to see that one out headline outperforms the other, and then once you see how it works, you know, then think about some other things that you might want to test. I would start very simple with that. And and uh, they've got it set up. If you just go through it step-by-step, step, take it literally step-by-step, step, it's really easy to set up. Great. Thank you. Oh, so even welcome, just keeping things over again is also very helpful because it just very helpful just to keep hearing it over and over again of everything. So it was very helpful. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome, Beverly. You're you're very welcome. Okay, anybody else? Any questions before we call this a wrap today? All righty, I'll take that as a no, and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and call it a wrap, and uh, have a good afternoon or what's left of it. <laughs>